Hello, everyone, and welcome to Meow Mix, a Carolina Panthers podcast. My name is Steven. My name is British Jerry. And on today's episode, uh, you'll be treated to a lovely British accent from Jerry for the first five minutes of this podcast because he lost our most recent beer bet, which in this case paid out with an English accent. Bloody hell, Phil Snow, can't you get two interceptions against one of the worst quarterbacks in the league? Oh, this is going to be fun or incredibly annoying. Um, (laughs) We'll talk some NFL news. Uh, We'll talk some Panthers news. We're going to have the definitive Marty Herney debate. Should he stay or should he go? It won't be definitive. Tepper will make that definitive. Okay, Jerry. Uh, And then we will talk about (laughs) Saturday night, primetime, Carolina Panthers visiting the Frozen Tundra, Lambeau Field, playing against the Green Bay Packers. It's going to be a lot of fun. But first, let's have several solid minutes of that Jerry British accent. Kick it off with the news. New Orleans Saints designated Drew Brees to return from IR and may play against the Kansas City Chiefs this week. That'll be a great game if he does. It's not really British. It's like, (laughs) I don't know what it is. (laughs) Uh Okay, yeah. Uh, so, I, do you think that he will play? Uh, they've been kind of rolling with Taysom Hill. I honestly do not. Uh, I, I feel that he they would want to hold him out just a little bit longer since they have already have a playoff spot sealed. But they could still be going for that number one seed. <laughs> oh, you got a little Irish there. <laughs> I did. <laughs> They're after me, lucky charms. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> the NFL will prohibit mandatory local bubbles during the postseason. According to a memo sent out Tuesday, but will continue allowing teams to house players in a hotel on a voluntary basis. I'm kind of confused on this. I thought they would go ahead and do the bubbles as it seemed to work pretty well for the NBA. Yeah, um, I don't really know why they're not, especially for the postseason. I, you know, it's, I guess, are you going to play in one, one place or maybe two or three places instead of the, what, potentially eight or, mm-hmm. what, six in the first round or what, however many different stadiums it is? I don't know what it's going to be this year with seven playoff teams in each conference, but uh, I guess it would be, yeah, six. So, I don't know. I don't know how they do it. No, I, I don't know either. I, also, you will, I wonder what will happen if a big-name quarterback or running back start of a team that goes down with COVID. What will the, I mean, will they just miss a playoff game? And Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Maybe they're hoping that before the playoffs start, they can get a batch of these vaccines and get these guys vaccinated prior to you know week one of the playoffs. I also heard that the the NFL does not plan to skip in line for vaccines. I I don't remember where I read that, but I did read that today. Oh, that wasn't English. Why don't you say that Sorry. again with the English accent? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's interesting. The NHL has said that they are going to purchase vaccines for every every one of their players, as well as like staff and everything else. Uh, I'm surprised that the NFL wouldn't do that for 
the player, especially for the playoffs. It kind of surprises me. Uh, again, they said they wouldn't skip in line. Didn't say they wouldn't buy it or try to get some. It was just more they weren't going to pull NFL rank. Hmm. Like the politicians are pulling rank, getting it before a lot of the public or frontline workers currently. Mm-hmm. We're still four twenty minutes, four minutes twenty seconds, Jerry. So keep that British accent for this Panthers news. <laughs> In the Panthers news. DJ Moore has been activated from the COVID list and is expected to play this sun this Saturday against the Green Bay Packers. Oh, it's been a it's been a fortnight since we've seen him, and uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, yes, yeah, so, uh, yeah. I uh, actually reached out to uh, Jonathan Alexander, the Charlotte Observer, today, and asked him why have we not heard pretty much anything f- about his ankle? Because you remember when he went down at the very end of that game. He, it looked like, you know, his leg was broken or something, the way he reacted. And we heard right after that that x-rays were negative and that Matt Rule was, you know, pretty positive about it, which he's been saying for weeks about CMC, by the way. Um, and then just never heard anything about it again. And, and Jonathan Alexander basically said, yeah, doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal. So <laughs> I guess <laughs> his ankle's good. So as long as he's good. healthy from COVID, he's uh, good to go. Cheerio, and that was five minutes. That was five minutes. Mo- <laughs> and about two minutes worth of English accent from you, but that's okay. <laughs> we apologize to all our listeners. Especially the, especially our uh, <laughs> listeners from England. Definitely apologize. Uh, speaking of CMC, it is likely he will not play on Saturday against the Packers either. Shut him down. Why yeah, are we I even agree. playing? Why are we even playing this game? Like... If you're not, I figured they wouldn't play him last week, but they'd keep him for this week because it's a primetime game, you know, against a really good team. You figure you could have beaten the Broncos without him. They didn't, but they should have been able to. With mm-hmm. Against the Packers, a very talented team, you would think, well, if they're going to try to win these games, then they were gonna, they're going to need CMC. If he's not playing this game, are you bringing him back for Washington next week, you bring them back from the last two games when they mean absolutely nothing. No, why would you? I, do you think maybe they want to beat Washington so bad? I mean, that maybe that's why he would play. I, I don't know. I think he's healthy. I think he could play, and they're just keeping him out. Honestly, I. So you? Th- I mean, he. Every time he played this year, he kept getting injured. I mean, maybe. Maybe you're right. Maybe they're just trying to keep him out to keep him from getting seriously injured, give him that whole offseason. I honestly think that's the case. Need him. Yeah. We're going to need him next year, let's be of honest. Of course, yeah. And and if that is the case, then I'm perfectly fine with that, by the way. I am too. I just wish they'd go ahead and put him on IR because I have him on my fantasy team and I really need him. <laughs> and if he's not going to play, then at least I would know. You know? And that's not the only reason, by the way. But... It is frustrating. Like, you know, we're this song and dance of, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Just screw it. There's no reason for him to play. Just put him on IR. Who cares? Yeah. Sorry. No, I agree. <laughs> I, it, Matt Rule has come out and said that he this is not auditioning for next year or anything. Because, you know, the grumblings of P.J. Walker starting and, you know, er, the fan base wants to yeah. see P.J. Walker. I've, hear, I've heard Will Greer also. Like, people want to see Will yeah. Greer. I mean... You at this point, yes, we want to kind of see some of these guys because we know we're not going anywhere. Yeah, uh, and Teddy Bridgewater's not the future. At least 
maybe PJ Walker or Will Greer could show some, hey, maybe we have something down there. Yeah, I mean, you say Teddy Bridgewater's not the future, and I do agree with you. I don't know that the coaching staff knows that. I think they want to give him every opportunity to win that job for next year and, you know, for the subsequent years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's been without CMC. He's been, been without uh, consistent O-line. I think they just want to give him an opportunity. I don't think there's any way that we see P.J. Walker or Will Greer start a game. I I agree. I think they're going to do the same thing. They're just going to hold on to it and yeah, everything. Well, hey, before we get to our definitive, Jerry, Marty Herney debate, <laughs> we do want to uh, give a shout out here to a five-star Apple podcast review, as we are wont to do every once in a while. Uh, this one is from Anita R.E., Anita Re, perhaps, or Anita R.E. Uh, five star, great podcast, and they actually have a question. So it mentioned in a recent episode that the Panthers should have called more run plays in the fourth quarter against the Vikings. Is it possible mm-hmm. the coaches are testing Bridgewater to see if he can win games with his arm? Teddy has played poorly in clutch situations all year. Absolutely. If that continues, the coaches will know that they need a better quarterback and could end up with a higher draft pick to get one. I know Matt Rule says he wants to win now. Maybe the coaches are putting it on Teddy to go win games before an important draft. Your thoughts? I Yes. <laughs> honestly. It, it, honestly, yeah. If Matt Rule is thinking that way, I, I kind of don't blame him for trying to think that way because he knew this year was not... Mm-hmm. you know gonna be anything so let's see if we have a gamer out there or if we have you know not a gamer a chump i mean yeah and i when you sent me this message from uh, anita re i was like wow that's he's like playing 3d chess up there at the stadium while i'm sitting here <laughs> looking at a checkers board thinking run the ball to win yeah yeah and Again, it makes sense. if you think about it like that, it makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Because it it works for the Panthers in several ways. One, like Anita says, you're getting a higher draft pick because you're not winning these games. Two, you're seeing that Teddy, when the when the game is on his shoulders, is not mm-hmm. the guy, as we've been saying for the last several weeks, and. Yeah, you know, it just kind of gives you the information that you need. And right now, the Panthers should be in information gathering mode for the years to come. So I like it. I like the thought. And honestly, if that's what's happening, then I'm impressed. And I would be perfectly fine with that. (laughs) If that's that's what comes out. Yeah. Because then that means our coaching staff is thinking way ahead. They're not just. You know, looking at the next four quarters, they're they're thinking long term, and I'm hope when when you said that, I was like shocked, and I was like, wow, that that is a great idea, and hopefully, you are correct that Matt Rule is thinking that way about it. Yeah, you know, maybe Anita should be our next GM <laughs> because with thinking like that, uh, you know, that's the kind of thinking I think that in the NFL today, and really in pro sports, is happening a lot. Like you hear. In basketball, Mark Cuban talking about once his team is kind of out of it, there's a mandate to the coaching staff to play the young guys. Don't try to lose games. 
Don't actively tank, but get the young guys experience. Yeah. And that's a way to do it, right? That's a way to tank without tanking. I'm not saying the Panthers are doing that, but they are gathering information. They're seeing what this guy has. And, you know, from what we've seen, he ain't it. He's a good backup quarterback, a lower tier starting quarterback, but he's not going to, he's not going to champion you to a Super Bowl. If, because what I have seen this season is that there's games where he looks good. And honestly, he's regressed in my opinion throughout the season. I agree. He looks sharper at the beginning of the season than he has in the second half. Yeah, I think if you put a stellar team around a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, you're fine. You've got mm-hmm. a strong defense. You've got a Christian McCaffrey. You've got these receivers along with a very strong offensive line. I think Teddy Bridgewater would be fine. Mm-hmm. But with all these deficiencies around the team when Teddy needs to be the guy to, to make other guys better around him, he's not doing that. No. He's not. Um, so, thank you, Anita. We definitely appreciate it. If you want your comment or question read on the air, just you know, pop over to iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review. Or you can email us, MeowMix Mailbag. No, mailbag at MeowMix.com. Or hit us up on Twitter, at MeowMixPodcast. Yep. Or if you have a good idea for a bet instead of me butchering an English <laughs> accent for five minutes. Sure, yeah. As we can't buy each other beers due to COVID. Yeah, maybe we like a wine of the month club or something. That's what we need to do. <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's talk about Marty Herney. Uh, Jerry will be taking the stance of the anti-Marty Herney time to move on camp. And I'll be taking the stance of the Let's keep him around. Now, this is just for this next season, by the way. Um, so we're just. But you can't talk. say just keep him around for next season. You got to sign him to a new contract. Okay, I'm gonna sign him to a one-year contract. All right, let's say. I mean, because you want to say what do you want to say? Two years or three years? I, I would say the minimum he would sign would probably be a three-year, because you don't want to give that organization just one by one by one year, because Matt rules on a seven-year contract. Okay, well, let's say so, three years because. Honestly, he could be fired at any time. So uh, that's fine. We'll say a three-year contract. So my opening argument here to keep Marty Herney would be we're rebuilding. And Marty Herney has a very good track record in the draft. Does he, though? He has a a good track record in the first round, but... The later rounds, he misses way more than he hits. Yeah, and, I, and, I, I would say that's true with a lot of GMs. And there's a lot of GMs that get fired because of it. He's had three <laughs> winning seasons out of 15 years as a GM. And yeah. a lot of that's due to depth. He can't hit enough in the lower rounds in the free agents. Yeah, Um I'm more looking at his most recent tenure. I understand that he was here for a long time before that. And you can't just discount that. But I'm basing my argument on his last three years here, I guess, uh, mainly. And I'm looking at that draft history, and it looks good to me. There have been some you know, non-first-round successes. And there's been some free agent successes. 
I think he's made good decisions on who to get rid of at the right time. Um, so I think that he learned a lot when he did get fired back in what was 2012, I think. Um, and he's come back since then. I, I just think he's, he's made improvements. I've seen the improvements. I think you've seen the improvements. We've talked about it. He's not as, uh, he is not as happy spendy. with the check <laughs> yeah. checkbook currently. Right. But we don't right. know because he was kind of he put Gettleman in a cap hell when Gettleman took over and Gettleman put him in a cap hell when he took back over. Yeah. But you're saying you're looking at the past few drafts and he's done good. Well look at our defense. If he really's done that good in the past three drafts, we wouldn't be as miserable as we are. We wouldn't be, sign a cornerback that the Philadelphia Eagles cut the next week. We wouldn't be starting him out there. I mean, yeah, the defense is not good, and that's why they spent all seven draft picks on the defense. A couple of those, by the way, have been very good picks. Uh, A couple of them are still, you know, we're still looking to see more from. But, yeah, I mean, obviously they knew that the defense was bad. They addressed that in this draft. I assume they'll address it again in the next draft and free agency. Of course, you lost your best defensive player in the history of your team and Luke Keekley in the off season, that didn't help. And I don't blame that on Herney. So yeah, I, I, you know, again, it's hard to defend Marty Herney when, like you said, he's only had three winning seasons. Uh, he has a losing record overall. I just think that going into this rebuild and continuing this rebuild, you're going to need to hit on draft picks. And when he hits, he hits really high. And see, he's. I wouldn't mind keeping him around in the organization. Maybe with, like, obviously he's not going to become a scout, but some sort of thing. I just think he's not a good GM. There's just, you, when Tepper took over, he wanted to get rid of that mediocrity. Well, guess what? Mm-hmm. Marty Herney's been that mediocrity. He's been here 15 years. If he can, <laughs> If he couldn't change it through those 15 years, I don't foresee him changing that in the next three. Well, within that 15 years, you had two Super Bowls. Uh, you know, he wasn't here for one of them, but a lot of his players were there. You know, he has 11 and 5 seasons, a couple of them, a 12 and 4 seasons, several 8 and 8 seasons. You know, so they're not, you know, he has but three winning seasons, but the rest of them aren't team? all losing seasons. No, that's mediocrity. And exactly. you're right. That's what Tepper has talked about wanting to get rid of. Then why is Tepper keeping him around? Why has Tepper kept him around for know, the first time? I don't know, man. I don't understand why Jerry Richardson brought him back. And then he had an interim label on him, and he goes out and gets in trouble with his ex-wife stalking her, gets in trouble with the None law. of that was substantiated. But it's still a negative effect. He was cleared effect. of all that. It was a negative effect on this franchise. Why, yeah. why are you keeping this guy around? He doesn't offer anything, like, great. It's just time to go in our direction and find someone else. You may be right. I mean, Matt Rule seems to have a very good relationship with him based on, you know, reports. Uh, the Athletic recently wrote an article about Marty Herney and named that as a, as a positive of his is he just gets along really well with Mar- uh, Matt Rule. And if they're going to be making decisions together, I'm assuming that Matt Rule is going to have a ton of uh, input on personnel because he signed that big deal. And it seems like Tepper wants him to be involved so if you're looking at it like Matt Rule is co-GM, then you're going to want somebody, I think, like a Marty Herney, who, as we've said before, might be a yes man. 
you know, to just support Matt Rule, give him advice when he needs it. You know, Marty Herney might not be the one making these decisions. And that's the only reason why I think he could be sticking around is because I think he is that yes man slash he's kind of familiar. He he knows everybody in the NFL. He knows all the four GMs. He knows how to call everybody for trades and everything else. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason I could see keeping him around. But I don't think he honestly offers much more than that. And I would prefer a, go get a younger he... guy. He's a 63-year-old man. We're <laughs> trying to rebuild and try to go to more analytics. Marty Herney is not an analytics guy from my knowledge. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, what Marty Herney's stance are is on analytics. Like based on his age alone, you know, you would have to assume that maybe he isn't. Um, although David Tepper's, you know, not a super young guy, and he's all about analytics, so you never know. But you know, if there's a young up and coming GM out there who would be interested in coming in and working alongside Matt Rule, and you know, potentially deferring to Matt Rule while making a crap ton of money because Tepper could overpay then I'm fine with that. I, I just think that Marty Herney's probably a good stepping stone bridge GM, much like Teddy Bridgewater is a bridge quarterback. It feels like Marty Herney is a bridge GM to that two to three years down the road when we are competing for playoff spots and competing for championships. Then you you know you bring that guy in but to see I don't for think the future. That, I don't think that would be a good time to bring it in when you're trying to make the playoff run, make the Super Bowl run, because that person didn't build it. So unless they have someone underneath hurting right now that they really like, they think mm-hmm. are grooming, which if that's the case, I understand keeping hurting around again, and then eventually maybe bump him up or bump him to the side to do something else with the organization. Because this guy must be, Marty Herney must just be a great guy to hang out with because everybody who's coached and owned the team seemed to love him, even though his track record doesn't say keep him around. Yeah, and that's that's kind of one of my thoughts is, you know, if this guy has survived several head coaches now, he's survived two owners, he keeps being in this position. I mean, we don't see championships or a lot of winning seasons as a result but he's obviously doing something right because they keep hanging on to him so i don't know i mean full disclosure he did reach out to me earlier and sent some pictures that he has of me that i don't really want to get out so i am (laughs) you know on his side here (laughs) i think Um, you and all every owner that has been in the panthers organization yeah i mean to be fair this is me thinking. Let me ask you this: mm-hmm. Do you think that the Panthers are competing for a Super Bowl next year? Absolutely not. I I don't think the Panthers will be able to compete with the Super Bowl until they get another quarterback. They they'll compete okay. for the playoffs, but I don't think until they get a better quarterback. So, if the Panthers draft, you know anywhere between four and six, like they're currently slated to. There's going to be a couple of quarterbacks Mm -hmm. there, you know. Trey um, Lance, Zach Wilson. Lance and Wilson. Do you trust Marty Herney as, you know, a talent evaluator to say yes or no on those guys that could lead your team for the next 15 years? Or do you want to bring in somebody that you have no knowledge of? You know, honestly, look at 
Marty Herney's draft picks on quarterbacks. Not good. Cam was good. I mean, yeah, drafted Cam. Who? Jimmy Clausen, no. Uh, who else did he draft? I mean. He's only drafted one that I know of in the first round, which is Cam, right? Yeah. Tony so, Pike. And again. Yeah, that's a sixth round exactly. pick. Exactly. So he really hasn't shown me that he can pick. He hasn't found the diamond in the rough quarterback. No. Right? But he did get Cam, who... Oh, it we wasn't, forgot Will it wasn't, Greer, too. But, I mean, he's already... I know. I, well, I assumed we were thinking of Will Greer, uh, who, again, was the 100th overall pick. You know, not exactly a high pick. But he did get Cam, who was not... That wasn't a slam dunk. Like, there were a lot of people that no. were not in on Cam. And Herney did his homework. <laughs> yeah. Herney did his homework, and I, that was... A great pick for the Panthers. I mean, he—it wasn't Cam fault. Cam's fault that we didn't have a lot of winning seasons. No. To be again, fair, and it was. That's <laughs> Marty Herney. He never. He some never of Marty Herney. He didn't. He wasn't here a lot with Cam. He, he was only here for what two years with Cam, I think. Because he never protect. That was kind of part of the problem. We've never had a really good O line. Yeah. So I mean, and the next quarterback has got to be protected. Can Marty Herney pick up an offensive line? That's the question. I mean, I I don't know that. I haven't. He he's picked a few good offensive lines. Picked yeah. Ryan Khalil, Jordan Gross. I mean, he found you know, Andrew a, Norwell off undrafted yeah. free agent. I mean, that was a good pick. Trey Turner. Oh, hey, yeah. Trey Moten. Turner. I think was Gettleman. I think. He drafted Moten. Um, Greg Little. Moten was uh, <laughs> Little or Gettleman. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you're probably you're probably right. Um, well, he you know. He he could re-sign Moten, <laughs> which he so, needs to do. He does need to do. Um, so I, you know, to me, it's like if we're gonna bring in somebody else, I guess now's a, as good a time as any to bring in somebody else. I think it's also just as a good a time as any to keep Marty Herney around for, you know, seriously one more season is what I'm thinking because I also don't believe that we're gonna be in Super Bowl contention next year. But I do think the year after that is when. Our window is going to open. Maybe because then can we'll go have get two drafts. And assistant GM, you know, yeah. have co. Well, that was something that Tepper said he wanted to do was have an assistant GM, and they haven't done that yet. So, so would you be okay if that if they brought in kind of the successor to Marty Herney, yes. to you know for this draft, for you know potentially drafting a future quarterback here, bring in somebody else to have the ear and learn under Herney, and you know, I'd be okay with that over. because right now we're just. Because we're in a really tough situation if we sign him and don't bring anybody else in. Because I th- agree. then we're going to be sitting three, four years down the road. He's older. I mean, he hasn't really done anything. And then we're going to be all right. Well, our franchise still riding on Marty Herney, you know. <laughs> yeah, and and like I said, I don't want Marty Herney. I would not sign Marty Herney to a three-year deal. I, I would not do that. I would not mind him sticking around for this next season seeing us through the draft, uh, because I do trust his draft picks. You know, they don't all work out, but I think he has a really good eye for talent. And that he's known for that around the league. You know, so it's not just me. So, okay. I, I know, and, and honestly, I'd be okay if they let him go. I mean, you you have convinced me that he is not the future yeah. of the franchise, but I hope that I've convinced you, or at least made you think about, if he's here for one more year, it's not the worst thing. It's not doom and gloom if he's here for another year. 
But I do think yeah. they need to go ahead and start finding something else because Marty Herney is not the answer that's going to bring this team to reoccurring winning seasons. I mean, Would you we say have... that Marty Herney is the Teddy Bridgewater of GMs? <laughs> Honestly, I would put him lower than that. Oh, really? Yeah. You know what I saw a stat today? He's that, like the Josh um, McCown of GMs. I saw a stat today that, oh, wow, really? Ooh, yeah, that guy you good. just have, you're just like waiting for the other quarterback <laughs> to show up and actually look halfway decent to bench him. Oh, so he's like the Fitzpatrick. <laughs> <laughs> no, Fitzpatrick knocked it out of the park quite a bit, though. Well, you know, Marty Herney's had some home runs. I was going to say, actually, yeah. Fitzpatrick's probably the best. <laughs> Maybe that's the best one. I saw a stat today that said Teddy Bridgewater was second in the league mm-hmm. at avoiding bad throws, but third to last in the league at making positive, positive throws. <laughs> positive plays. So that's like... That's if that's not Teddy Bridgewater, I don't know who what is. But anyway, okay. Well, hey, everybody out there in Panther Land listening, hit us up on Twitter uh, e- or email us at mailbag at mailmix.com and let us know what you think about Marty Herney. Uh, I have a feeling I know what most of you think about Marty Herney. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it's fun to talk about, and I have a feeling that we're going to be seeing Marty Herney here for at least one more year. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back with the Packers game preview. And now for a quick break and a word from our sponsor. I want to tell you about Ubico. Ubico sets new world standards for simple, secure login, preventing unauthorized access to computers, servers, and internet accounts. The YubiKey from Ubico is a physical security key using two-factor authentication to protect your accounts. As more of us continue to work from home, it is more important than ever to protect your secure information. So what can you do to protect your accounts? Yubico is offering our listeners $10 off your next purchase of $100 or more using the code POD at Yubico.com. That's code POD, P-O-D, at Yubico.com. Say hello to the YubiKey and goodbye to account takeovers. Today's episode is brought to you by Naked Nutrition. Naked Nutrition provides you with pure protein powders and supplements to help you meet your nutrition and fitness goals. Naked Nutrition is completely transparent about their ingredients. That way you know exactly what is going into your body. No additives means your body gets more of what it needs. And I suggest checking out their chocolate protein bars. Mmm, chocolate. Right now you can get 10% off of your first purchase at NakedNutrition.com by using the code P-O-D. Pod. That's 10% off using code POD for first-time customers. Take your nutrition to the next level with Naked Nutrition. And we're back. Uh, so we're going to be talking Carolina Panthers at the Green Bay Packers. This is a surprise primetime game for the Panthers. It was flexed in a few weeks ago. So How uh, bad were the other games? I know. <laughs> I, don't, I really don't understand it. They really wanted the Packers on primetime, I guess. I could get but, that. Uh, Aaron Rodgers yeah. is lining it up. Yeah, yeah it. and maybe they were hoping that McCaffrey would be back. Probably. Yeah, so. Um, so we're going to start off, as we do every preview, talking the injury reports. And unfortunately, there are a lot of names. There's just a shit ton of names, honestly, to talk about here. And, and on um, both sides. It's yeah, not just on one-sided sides. for the Panthers this time. So we'll start with the limited participants in practice. 
Trey Boston, Dennis Daly, Austin Larkin, DJ Moore, and a recent addition, Curtis Samuel, mm. uh, not on the injury report Tuesday or Wednesday, showed up as limited on Thursday, which is never good. Uh, and it's got a hamstring designation, so you just never know what the hamstring. Uh, did not practice Russell Okung and Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey, of course, not expected to play. Uh, and now we've got some guys with a full participant in practice. Derek Brown, Gross Matos, Marquise Haynes, F.A. Obata, Troy Pride, Ian Thomas, Kenny Robinson, Greg Little. Greg Little was placed on IR today, by the way, uh, Thursday. So he is definitely not playing. Uh, yeah, Jerry, not, that's not good. No, not at Those all. Those are uh, good players. <laughs> okay, let's see. Dennis Daly, uh, Russell Okun. Greg Little's gone. So that's uh, three offensive linemen on our already weak offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, now we have Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore. DJ Moore's been limited practice, not injury-related. My assumption is he's having some aftermath <clears throat> from COVID. So that's... Could be, yeah. Uh, they could also just be, you know... Working him back Being in. extra careful with him. Yeah. Uh, which is why I hope the, the case is. But yeah, Dennis Daly's list is doubtful. Uh, a Kung's list is questionable as it seems like he is every week. So who knows? Um, but let's get to the Packers here. A whole lot of limited practices for the Packers. Uh, Rashawn Gary, linebacker, Kevin King, corner, Alan Lazard, wide receiver, Mercedes Lewis, tight end, Lucas Patrick, guard, Randy Ramsey, linebacker, J.K. Scott, the punter, uh, Zadarius Smith, linebacker, Equinemius St. Brown, best name in the league, wide receiver. Uh, Shandon Sullivan, corner, Malik Taylor, wide receiver, and Rick Wagner, tackle. All limited participants in practice. Um, oh. Looking at full, uh, let's see, did not practice Jace Sternberger, tight end. He is already listed as out. Simon Stepank, Steplank, Steponk, I don't know. Guard, also listed as out. <clears throat> And Jerry Alexander, full participant practice. Uh, Darnell Savage, Darnell Savage, full participant in practice. So that's the list. Sorry, that was a lot of names. Um, the line on this game is Packers by eight and a half points. Mm-hmm. Over under fifty one and a half points. That seems kind of low. For the over-under? Yeah. yeah, I guess they think that the Panthers might not score a lot of points in this game. Um, so, which, you know, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, so, that's the injury reports, the over-under, and uh, Jerry, let's kick off the preview. Uh, that was actually my fault. Sorry about that. I was looking something else up. Now, okay, so. we all know how the Packers are. They're Aaron Rodgers' team. They average 31.5 points per game, number one in the NFL, probably why this got, game got moved into primetime. And, of course, they do it on Aaron Rodgers' arm, 273 yards per game passing. But Jones is no slouch in the running game, 123 yards per ga- uh, game rushing the ball, and he's dangerous out of the backfield too. So he's a dynamite player, Aaron Rodgers' dynamite player. This offense is is scary for this Panther defense. We're already yeah, banged that, up 
especially in the middle. Zach Kerr still out. Derek Brown's mm-hmm. on the injury report. F.A. Obata's on the injury report. Etor Grossmontos is on the injury report. This might be a very, very long game. Yeah, and the Packers are second in the league in sacks allowed, only 14 all season. So that's, uh, that's a, you know, we, we know the Packers have a very good offensive line. The, pa- the Panthers are already very, you know, they're nine, uh, 26th in the league at actually getting to the quarterback. So that's not a good combination. No, not at all. Uh, Packers also second in the league in third down efficiency at almost 50%. So, uh, and something else the Panthers are just not very good at is getting off the field on third down. We are 31st in the league. Hey, they've gotten so, better over the past few weeks. There was a there was a stretch where they didn't force a pump for like two three games. <laughs> I think it was more than two or three games, but yeah. Uh, so I think they've gone from thirty second in the league up to thirty first in the league. So it is an improvement. Mm-hmm. It is an improvement. Now the Packers defense they do give up twenty four point eight points per game. Not stellar, but not bad. Uh, mm-hmm. They only give up two hundred twenty six yards per game passing. I'm shocked it's so low because I would assume they were up a lot of the time and teams were just passing to catch up and they allow only 109 yards per game on the rushing. So it, this is going to be a really, really <laughs> difficult game guys. <laughs> yeah. The Packers are good. Everybody. The uh, only thing I, I, I feel co- confident about is we played really close against the Chiefs. We played really close against the saints. Mm-hmm. We can pull up a game plan to maybe you're, you're not stopping this offense. You're just not. Right. Same like Kansas City. You can't stop that. Maybe slow them down. Try to try to knock a couple passes down. Maybe get Burns back there and maybe get a sack. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think uh, if it was me, then I would want to hit Rodgers a few times early, mm-hmm. even if um, even if you take a penalty. Yeah. Just knock the crap out of him at, you know don't take early a, in the game don't take a cheap shot penalty but remember no, like no. brian burns got that penalty where he hit mm-hmm. drew lock and it did shouldn't have been flagged but it was close yeah. get if you get a, in there close you take the hit yeah don't go for the head or the knees or anything like that but just you know let him know you're there mm-hmm. knock him down um i wouldn't mind seeing something like that but it's like you said it's going to be you're not going to stop this offense. They have too many skill and they got one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Mm-hmm. Um they've got two running backs. You know, you mentioned Jones, but Jason or uh was it Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams. Also yeah. very good. Like he, really good pass catcher. He's sort of their Mike Tolbert when they get down to the red zone, he can just knock you down. Um they score 31 and a half points a game. Like you're not going to stop them. And then their defense is like top 10, 12 in the league in almost every category other than points allowed. So it, this, this is probably, you know, outside of the Chiefs, this is the best team the Panthers have placed all, played all year, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know where you go to stop them, to be honest with you. You're going to have to slow them down as much as you human. This is another game where Phil Snow's off or defensive scheme might come into play well of that parachute <laughs> Again, defense yeah. of not letting Aaron Rodgers just lob him up and letting him take it, man. It's, this is going to be difficult. Yeah, agreed. I think you're going to have to – the Panthers are going to have to turn the ball over here. 
Uh, I know we say that a lot, but I think it's going to be very important in, in this game because you're not going to get a lot of three and outs, Mm-mm. and that means that even if you do force punts, you're not going to have very good field position when you get the ball back. So turning the ball over is going to be very key. They're going to have to take some chances on defense, I think. I mean, you know, you could look at it one way where Phil Snow's kind of layback defense is a positive, um, but it feels like Aaron Rodgers is just going to pick them apart if that's the case because you're only rushing, you know, three, maybe four in that instance. You give him time, like, he's the best. He's the best at figuring that, finding those holes. And they've got fast receivers, you know, that can just blow by the back end of the defense. Like, mm-hmm. Valdez Scantling is super fast. And then Devontae, Devontae Adams, Adams is probably just one of gets, the best two, yeah. three receivers in the yeah. league. Yeah. So, I mean, they've got speed, and then they've got Adams, who just does everything well. Mm-hmm. At the, I mean, everything at the top end of the way that you can do it. So, I don't know what they're going to do, honestly. I don't know how the Panthers can win this game. I don't either. Uh, this this game, usually I try to really come in with some optimism, but this game just, it's like the Kansas City Chiefs game, where I'm just terrified of them. Yeah. I say, you know, let's all just go in with low expectations, and if the Panthers surprise us, then we'll be all that much happier. But <laughs> I think we just have to assume that this is going to be a very difficult game for the Panthers to to stop the, the defense. Now, I think offensively, you know, the Panthers can score on anybody. We've seen that. And we've got DJ Moore coming back. So I'd like to see that, you know, that three-headed monster wide receiver continue. Curtis Samuel is getting more and more involved every week. I'd love to see him sort of take another step. And uh, that's, what I guess, what I'm most interested in is to see, can we go ahead and get Robbie Anderson and maybe even DJ Moore also above 1,000 yards receiving in this game uh, and do something that the Panthers haven't seen in a long time as 2,000-yard receivers. You're kind of jumping into my bold prediction territory, sir. Oh, my bad. My bad. <laughs> Talking about those 1,000 yards. Well, I did not know that. I'm not, I'm not doing that on purpose. <laughs> Uh, um, but yeah, you know, we're going to see a lot of Mike Davis again in this game. Although I say a lot, I don't know how much we'll see because we're going to be down and we're going to have to be throwing the ball. And even when the Panthers are winning, they're still not running the ball that much. So, um, I think, uh, to me, I'd like to see Jeremy Chin make some plays and continue his rise up the defensive player of the or rookie of the year, uh, contest. I'd like to see him make some moves there, but, uh, I think we're just rooting for players in this game because the Panthers, it's just going to be tough. Well, let's be honest, too. If we win, we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot, too. Mm-hmm. That loss last week kept us at six, while Denver fell back to draft slot number 13, I think. So, yeah. I, I, you don't want to root against a team, but you got to think of the bigger picture at this moment of maybe yeah. it's best. It's. Again, you're going to probably be looking at a, wanting a top left tackle, <clears throat> a top quarterback, or a top cornerback in the league or in mm-hmm. the draft. So a lot of those are the top things people go for. So, Yeah, plus we're helping uh, the Saints if we win because they're battling for that number one spot overall. So, uh, you know, you don't think about that much, but it's just another thing. Uh, and I hate it, man. I hate being in the position to where I'm not rooting with everything I have for the Panthers to win. Because you're right. It's more beneficial for the Panthers to lose. It, it re- just is. 
I, yeah. I know this sounds sad, but I really wish we'd be able to see a little bit of PJ Walker, a little bit of Greer, you know, some of those guys out there. Hey, I've got a trivia question for you. Mm-hmm. If Anderson hits a thousand yards, maybe you saw this already, but if, if Anderson hits a thousand yards in his first season with the Panthers, he would be only the second player in Carolina franchise history Kelvin to hit Benjamin. a thousand receiving yards. No. Oh. In his first season. Yeah, Kelvin Benjamin had a thousand yard rookie season. Well, then this is wrong. <laughs> He had just over... Uh, no, you're right. I remember that now. Uh, maybe this means as a free agent. Oh, okay. Although I don't know, because Patrick Jeffers is who they have listed here. 1999 with 1,082 receiving yards. But you're right. Kelvin Benjamin should have been... that. That's So there's three. Huh, interesting. Okay, well, this is on Panthers.com, by the way, too. So come on, guys. Get it, get it together. <laughs> Um, uh, Mike Davis needs 74 scrimmage yards to hit 1,000 scrimmage yards for the season, which would be the fourth year in a row that a Panthers running back has hit 1,000 total scrimmage yards. So rooting for that as well. I mean, there's some individual accolades that you know we can root for as the season concludes. Uh, and I'm rooting for Mike Davis. I like him. I think he's done really well for the Panthers. That was a good, a nice uh, free agent find by Marty Herney. Yeah, you have those... Two receivers having going for a thousand yards this game. Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, uh, nine ninety six for Robbie Anderson. DJ Moore's at nine twenty four. Uh, Cutter Samuel's having a decent year at five eighty five right now. Like mm-hmm. to see him get up a little bit closer to seven fifty by the end of the season. Overall, good, good stats. They're just not putting enough points on the board, and the defense isn't holding up overall. So, yeah, it's really these fourth quarters. I mean that's where the Panthers are losing these games in the fourth quarter. So third and fourth. Do you think the Panthers? Um, yeah. Well, third quarter. Yeah, they're they're terrible in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's more third quarter than fourth, and they're just they're just not closing out games. Yeah. Um, do you think the Panthers hit the uh, points in this game? Do they get within eight and a half of Green Bay at the end of this? Sorry for the long pause. Uh. I think they can. I'm going to go yes. I think they can get within the eight and a half. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think they will. <laughs> Honestly, I think this could be uh, this could be an ugly game, unfortunately. So I'm going to say no on that. Oh, okay. Do we want to go into our bit of the week? Yeah, <laughs> you removed beer from that. Well, because we're not able to yeah. see each other, so we're not <laughs> buying each other beers right now. So this week, just like last week where I had to talk in a British accent at the beginning of this podcast, next week, the loser will have to talk in a Wisconsin accent if we lose. <laughs> Which I'll have to Google or YouTube uh, Wisconsin accent so I can sound as bad as I did yeah. earlier today. um but we're gonna go with panther with the most receiving yards for this game so go ahead and lead it off tell me who you're picking yeah i'm gonna go with dj moore as he comes back from injury Uh, i think that he has you know one of those games that he catches four balls but ends up with you know 98 yards or something i think that 
that's probably going to lead the Panthers because I actually see Teddy spreading the ball out quite a bit in this game. So going with DJ Moore. I am actually going to go Curtis Samuel. I think some reason he's going to be open over the slot and he's going to catch quite a few passes and go down the field. I also was thinking that DJ Moore may have a little bit of COVID hangover. Now I thought mm-hmm. about going Robbie Anderson, but I'm just I'm just leaning on that Curtis Samuel bug. Now, should I re- remind you that Curtis Samuel hit the injury report today? Yeah, I know. I I made this pick before I saw that. <laughs> but I'm going to allow you to change it if you want. But with that said, if Robbie Anderson wins or gets the most receiving yards, we'll both have to be talking with a Wisconsin accent. Jeez. Oh, so then everybody loses, including the audience. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I have another fun one for next week, another bet. Okay. All right. Uh, how about predictions? My Prediction time. My bold prediction, first offensive play of the game, Straight to Robbie Anderson, breaks that 1,000 yard. It's going to be a pass play to Robbie Anderson. Oh, that's an interesting one. I think Matt Rule loves himself some Robbie Anderson. I think he has a great rapport with him, and he's never had a 1,000-yard season in his career, and I think he wants to go ahead and get it out of the way for him. All right. Uh, My bold prediction in this is going to be that the Panthers actually hold – Devonte Adams to under 50 yards receiving in this game. Uh, I think Valdez Scantling and some of these other guys can end up with like 150, but I think that they're going to keep Devonte Adams. They're going to like double triple team him and make sure that he does not beat them. Okay. Now score predictions. Doo, doo, doo. I have <sighs> the green Bay Packers pulling this one out 38 to 30. Yeah, I unfortunately have the Packers also winning this game. Um, I have it a little lower scoring, sort of. Uh, Packers 35, Panthers 21. All right. Uh, Any final thoughts, Jerry? Losing is okay this game. Losing is okay this game. Losing is okay this game. (laughs) Yeah, we're in full 2021 mode at this point, I think. Yeah. Well, we want to thank everyone for listening. If you like the show, please let your friends know. Please follow us on Twitter at MeowMixPodcast. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at mailbag at MeowMixPodcast.com. And if you leave us a five-star review with a comment on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it on the show. Uh, We'll be back, uh, I guess, on Sunday with our recap of the Panthers-Packers matchup. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, um... So until then, everybody, stay safe. Enjoy the game Saturday night. We don't get these a lot, so Saturday night football is always fun. Uh, Until then, everyone have a safe uh, weekend and keep pounding.